Good morning. Thanks so much for giving me a couple couple weeks off. I was uh, wanna we got some people over in our student center, um, the Nolt family representing RVC Wear, um, the Chin family, the Beechers, Deborah Downey, the Rodneys, a um, bunch of other people, and uh, all of all. Thank you all for joining us online. We um, I, I was able to, to get away with 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 family, and then uh, got away for um, for a couple days, like in a cabin in the woods, li- literally. Um, just to uh, spend some time with the Lord. So um, anyway, I've been, over the past month, been talking to you about like praying for a word for 2021. And um, if you've been kind of tagging along, um, I hope that you've kind of taken the opportunity just to be, you know, in your prayer time, just like, Lord, I pray that you just speak to me. The Bible says that your voice is not hard to hear and that your sheep know your voice. And so God, what do you, what do you have for for me personally, for, for my family, for 2021. And a bunch of you have, um, have already shared some of those, and there's some common ones. So I wanted to share with you some of them, um, whether, through, whether through like uh, our Facebook post or nlc.today slash word. Um, some top ones, one of them was serenity, which I thought was good. I, I mean, it's kind of a, a weird word. We don't really use that much, but um, how many of us need some serenity for 2021? Um, restoration was another one that a, that a few people had. Uh, trust. And then uh, there was another one that was kind of like a few different words, all meaning kind of the same thing. It was awaken, come alive, and rise. Um, those were kind of some, some words that I was seeing. So um, anyway, I just, I just want to encourage you to, to keep praying. And as you're asking the Lord for, for a word, like, um, first and foremost, like, it's never something that I'm just like, I hear the audible voice of God saying, like, thus saith the Lord, this is your word for 2021. It's always just this kind of, like, deposit of, of, um, of just almost like kind of a knowing or, or a thought that wasn't necessarily mine where, and then it gets confirmed through a bunch of other people. Um, I want to, as you're, as you're praying and you're asking the Lord for something, I, I want you to have some understanding about something and what to anticipate, and it's this, that God is continually inviting us to partner with him. He's continually inviting us to partner with him. We're always invited to take a role in seeing God's word fulfilled. And so I think it's just important, and I feel, I feel like it's important for me to just give some explanation to that. Like as we're praying about like a word for 2021, it isn't just something where we're just like, well, God said it, that, that settles it, and it's just going to happen, and I can just sit back and, and wait for God to do what he said that he's going to do. Um, just as in it's the same, same thing for us not to just, um, just read the word of God and just say, well, God said it, and this is supposed to happen. He's always inviting us. To, to partner with him to see his word being fulfilled. Because it's not a dead word, right? This, this word is, is not dead and neither is his rhema word, his revealed word. When God like brings something alive off the pages, or maybe you're just reading the, the, you know, the Bible and all of a sudden God just like speaks to you about something. You're like, I know this is something. God is speaking something about this right now for such a time as this. Um, it's not a dead word. Let me read for you Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It says this. For the word of God is alive and active. Do you believe that? The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So, so as you are praying, like, God, I pray that you'd speak to me. I pray you'd give me a word. It comes alive when we wield it. 
uh, it, it is activated when we join our, our, our hearts, when we join our obedience, when we join our faith to it. And it's not just the written word of God or the rainbow word of God. It's, it's as God speaks to us, he's calling us to partner with him. So let me give you an example. Let's say a bunch of people got the word serenity, right, for 2021. That's a great word, right? Like who wouldn't want some serenity in 2021? 2020 has been a year of chaos and confusion and agitation and anxiety and all of those things. I just want you to understand this, that as God gives you maybe a word like serenity, it may mean that God is asking you to release something old so that you can make room for something new. So there's a role that we play in seeing God's promises fulfilled as we walk in his purposes. It may mean that, that in order to walk in serenity, you need to walk away from the things that are causing you anxiety. Do you realize that? Because I think that sometimes we're just like, man, I just want serenity, you know? How many of you know that it's not enough for us to just be like Mr. Costanza um, and just yeah, on Seinfeld and be like, serenity now! I don't know, you're gonna, I don't know if you ever watched, watched uh, Seinfeld, but there was this episode where like um, he heard from his psychologist or whatever that like whenever he got anxious or whatever, he would just, he would just yell out, serenity now! He would just start yelling like Mr., only Mr. Costanza could. And he'd say it, it, it supposedly makes him feel better when he just yelled serenity. Now, how many of you know that if, I, if, if my word for 2021 is serenity, I want serenity now. I want it right now. I want God to just like pour serenity in my lap and it's like hallelujah. But sometimes he says like, no, I actually want you to lay something down so that you can pick something up. There's a role that we play in seeing the word of God that we partner with his promises. Like if, the, if you get the word patience for 2021, which <laughs> I haven't seen that at all actually, but if you did, how many of you know that it wouldn't just be like, God is going to remove all the dumb people in my life, right? Like, hallelujah, wouldn't that be awesome? Like, less dumb people? Like, you'd be like, it's amazing. God said patience for 2021, and all of a sudden, all the dumb people left. It's awesome. Like, I don't have any issues. The, the reality is that many times when God says, I'm going to give you patience, he puts more dumb people in our life. And it's like, man, I thought you said you were, I was going to get patience. He's like, yeah, I'm trying to work that in you by putting dumb people in your life. I was like, ah, I don't like that. So sometimes when we get these words, God is actually calling us and beckoning us to come into partnership with his promise as we walk in obedience to his purpose. So one of the words that, that I just keep hearing as I've been praying and asking the Lord for our church um, as, as a pastor, I'm just like, God, what, what, what is that word that you're wanting us to focus on for 2021? And I can't, I can't get away from this word. I've gotten some, some prophetic words from people and uh, just been hearing this. You know how sometimes when, when, you're, when, you have a, when you have something that you're thinking about, you start hearing it everywhere? Um, and it's just this word, presence. And I'm like, really? I thought it was going to be like, I don't know pursue or I don't know some like action word or whatever and it was just this word presence and um, I feel that God is wanting for 2021 to be a year of his increased presence in our midst um, I feel that for 2021 even in the midst of chaos even in the midst of confusion even in the midst of fear he's saying I, I want more of my presence to be in my body I want, I want the presence of Jesus to a greater measure than we, than we are currently walking in. Now, for, for some of you, you're like, yeah, of course I would want that. Like, why would I not want more of God's presence? Like, that would be something. Like, I'm a, we're people of God's presence. We're a church, that kind of thing. But, but what God has just been speaking to me about is that, like, it's his presence 
is it's the one thing that changes everything. I mean, think about it. It is God's presence that changes a gathering of people into a fellowship of the body of Christ. It's his presence that, that changes singing into worship. That's, when his presence comes, it changes the atmosphere of everything around it. It's his presence that changes a conversation all of a sudden into a transformational moment where you're just like, whoa, God's all over this all of a sudden. Like, have you ever been in a situation where you're just like meeting with somebody, you're in a conversation, and all of a sudden God shows up and you're like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be? It's like he's speaking to you through that person. It's his presence that brings direction in the midst of confusion. It's his presence that, that, that brings peace in the midst of fear. It puts his super on our natural. Like, it is his presence that distinguishes you from all other people. And so as we head into this new year, as we head into 2021, let, re, let me remind you, let me remind myself and our church and the world that we need the presence of God in the presence of fear. We need the presence of God in the presence of chaos and confusion. We need the presence of God in the presence of, 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 of hopelessness and depression. We, we need the presence of God in the, in the church today, more so now more so now. I love how Moses um, said this in uh, Exodus chapter 33, verse 12. He's, he's leading God's people, which is a huge responsibility, and this is his conversation with God. He says in verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me lead these people, but you've not let me know who you're going to send with me. You've said, I, I know you by name and you found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your way so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replies, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. You know, let me just pause there for a second. As I was just reading that this week, it was this reality, this recognition, even in and of myself, that many times we, if we're tired and weary, which is the thing that I hear so often as I'm having conversations with, with people inside and outside of the church, how, how are you doing? What's going on? I'm, just, I'm tired. I'm just fatigued. I'm weary. How many of you know that many times we think, oh, I know how I'm going to get rest. I'm going to get more sleep. I know what I need. I need to get away. I need to go on vacation. I need, to, I need to get away from people. I need to have some more me time. And it's interesting that, that what he says here is that it's in his presence that we find rest. In the presence of God, in the presence of fatigue, he wants to give you rest. I think, well, that doesn't make sense to me. And yet it does make sense to me because how many of you know if you've had a really long week, a really crazy, crazy day or whatever, and you're, you're physically exhausted and you come into the presence of God, all of a sudden you find a vitality that you never knew existed. All of a sudden it rises above and no, no extra hour of sleep is going to make up for what it is that God's doing in your spirit. And sometimes we think, I, I think I just need to take a break. I need a day off. I need a week off. And maybe that's true. And I'm sure that is. But the reality is, is God is saying, I want you to draw near to me because it's in my presence that you find rest. I'm going to go with you. So if you're ever doubting, you're kind of like maybe on the fence with this whole Jesus thing. And you're like, I don't really know if I need more of the presence of God. I think I'm good. Are you weary? Tired? Fatigued? And you need the presence of God. It's, it's the one place that we find that rest. And I love what Moses says in his response to God. He says this in verse 15. 
if your presence, it's almost like this ultimatum, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us up from here. It's almost like Moses has been leading people through 2020, and he's like, God, I am tired. I, um, but here's the thing. If your presence doesn't go with me, don't send me to 2021. It can burn. Like, just please, I, I, am, I refuse to go on without you. Let me just tell you, church, I don't know what 2021 holds. I don't know what, what necessarily is before us, but I believe that God is wanting us to get it resolved on the inside of us, much like Moses, where he's like, I don't know what is before me, but I know that I will not go without you. Amen. I don't know what is before me, but I know who I want with me. Don't send us to 2021 without you. I refuse to go without you. I'm not going without you. Church, may we be known as a people of his presence. It is this mystery that we kind of, we know and we understand, and yet it's a complete cognitive mystery to us, this idea that, that it is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Colossians 1.27, one of my favorite verses, where he talks about this mystery that is Christ's indwelling presence in us that is our only hope of glory. I mean, do we really believe that? That the presence of God is the one thing that distinguishes you from all other people on planet Earth? It's the presence of God and hosting and welcoming the presence of God that distinguishes you from people who don't know God. Like what if the one thing that truly defines you as a believer in Jesus Christ was that you hosted the presence of God, that you carry the presence of God, not just into a church service to sing, but as you carry it into your family, as you carry it into your workplace, as you go about your day, that you carry, that you host the presence of God. Now, I don't know about you, but this kind of brings up this question for me because I've always learned that God's everywhere, right? He's, he's, all, he's all places at all times. Like, how, how, how am I supposed to host the presence of God if he's always there? How can he be there and there and be more there than there? Like, how does that even work? How, how can he be everywhere and yet somewhere more than another where, Right? Well, there's a couple different ways that we define, I guess, the, the presence of God. The first one is kind of what I always grew up with, was kind of like the, the, uh, the Santa Claus, right? One of just like, he sees you when you're sleeping. He, he's everywhere, right? He's, it's, we call it his omnipresence. His omnipresence. It's this big theological word for the reality of that he, he lives in all places and at all times. He lives in the past, present, and future. He dwells in all of it. And uh, he is omnipresent present. He is in all places and at all times. In other words, wherever you are, there he is. Wherever you are, there he is. The psalmist writes this, and, and I want to just read it for you. I think it's just a beautiful rendition of like what it means and what it looks like to have God omnipresent with us all the time. Psalm 139 verse 1, it says this, you search me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my, my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down, and you're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. In other words, God is in your space, right? He goes on, he says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, for, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? How do I get away from you? How do I escape you? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. 
If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, well, surely the darkness will hide me. He can't see if I turn off the lights. And the light will become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. And the night will shine like the day. For darkness is as light to you. And this, 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 this crazy idea that like he finds us, doesn't he? Like you can be running after him or hiding from him or running away from him. And yet he always, he always finds you. And some of you know that to be true. I mean, even maybe right now, whether you're pursuing him or running away from him or trying to hide from him, like God is omnipresent and it has little to do with your actions. That's the beauty of God's presence. So you can be sinning and he's there. You can be holy and he's there. It has very little to do with your actions. God is always, he is in all places and at all times, past, present, and future. He sees the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. Wherever you are, there he is. Now, this can cause like one of two reactions in you. One, it can cause either comfort or fear. For some of you, you're like, like he sees everything. Like everything? Like what I did last, I, I did it in the dark. I, he, see, he saw that? Like like, it's like, what is he, a stalker? Like, is he that ornery Santa Claus? Like, he sees everything? Like, he knows when I've been sleeping? He knows when I'm awake? Like, he, this is a little freaky. But it can also bring you comfort to realize that no matter what it is that you go through, no matter, how, no matter the things that you've done or the things that have been done to you, that God has never left you nor forsaken you. Can I just encourage you, church, it doesn't really matter what you've been through, even though you've been through over this past year or what you're going through currently right now. If you're in a place of fatigue or you're in a place of despondency, I just want you to know that he has never left you nor forsaken you. He is for you. He's a good dad. He's there to guide you. He's there to settle you, to hold you, to lead you. He is there. He is is always there. I want you to think about that. Like, like you have never truly been somewhere that God wasn't. And you'd be like, I just, I feel so alone. Essentially what that means is that you have never, ever, really, truly, ever been alone. Like even in the midst of the darkest times, even in the midst of the best of times, like God has always and has always been. There, that's his omnipresence. And then there's a second thing that we, that we define as his manifest presence. It's a big word, but it simply means that this is when his presence is perceived or recognized. Like he's always there, but, but all of a sudden, you know, he'll show up. He'll, he'll, he'll come and you'll recognize his presence in a situation or in a conversation or in a church service or in your car or in a dream or in a word. All of a sudden, God just shows up in a new and a different way and you sense his presence to a greater degree. And sometimes it feels like warmth. Sometimes it comes out in tears. Sometimes you find it unexpectedly. Sometimes it's planned. Sometimes you, have, when God shows up and his manifest presence shows up, you know that you know that you know that you know that you know. And so if his presence isn't necessarily dependent upon your position or your place, like, how do you host it? How do you see more of his, of his presence in your life? And this may seem overly simplistic to you, um, maybe even harsh. But you have as much of the presence of God in your life as you are willing to host him. And you're like, Pastor Justin, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. I, 
I, I know, I don't want to agree with it either. But it's so true. You have as much of the presence of God in your life as you are willing to host him. And, and this is where I want to challenge us as we head into this year, as God is just like putting this, this burden on me that we would be a people, that we'd be um, corporately and individually of his presence, is that everyone individually and corporately play a role in hosting the presence of God, that you can bring the presence of God into a place. Did you know that when you walk into this room, you bring the presence of God into this place? Do you know that God doesn't just dwell in a sanctuary? This isn't just like a holy room that is just kind of set aside and God's like, I'm just waiting for the people, sitting around waiting. No, as the church enters the building, it's the gathering of coming together under one banner, lifting up the name of Jesus that he shows up, that his manifest presence shows up in our midst. It's not that he wasn't always there. He's omnipresent. He's there. He's there. He's everywhere. But when there's, there's this thing, and we, we, we see all these hints of it throughout Scripture, like where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. Like, what was that? Like, was he not there beforehand? No, it's his manifest presence that shows up when two or more are gathered in his name. He shows up. That's what makes church. It's people. It's the gathering of God's people coming together where he shows up in a different way. And I just want to challenge you. It's not just about church. Sometimes he shows up and he, and he shows up in a car or in a situation, in a church gathering, in a hospital room. God can show up in a, in a conversation. How many of you know that we need more of the presence of God in some of our conversations recently, right? <laughs> but you are as close to God as you are desperate for him. You're as close to God as you are desperate for him, which is why he says things like, I am near to the brokenhearted. Why? Because they call for me. They're desperate for me. They know that they're at their end and they have no other way, no other hope other than me. And so they're desperate for me. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. He doesn't say you'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with some of your heart. He doesn't say, you seek me and you find me when you just kind of show up and phone it in. He says, you'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. He's always there, but he so desires to come near. And he's such a gentleman, too. He waits. Do you, do you know why God whispers all throughout the Bible? It's because he's close. He's so close. He's always there. He just desires for us to lean in. He desires us for us to, to draw close to him so that he can draw near to us. That's why Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. I just want to encourage you, church, maybe you're watching online right now, like if, if you feel crushed in spirit right now, if you feel broken, he's nearer than you think. He's waiting for you to call on him. He's waiting for his, he, he, he so desires for his manifest presence to come into the, your room, to come into your life, to come into your whatever. He's, he so desires for you to come near. And just because you have a problem, like we've been going through, like let's say 2020, like there's this reality, like that sometimes we go through these, the, the, the presence of a problem does not mean the absence of God. In fact, the presence of a problem means that maybe he's closer than you think and he's just waiting for you to call on him. A.W. Tozer 
wrote this, and I, and I, love, I love his writing. He says this in, um, I think it's The Pursuit of God. He says, the presence and the manifestation of the presence are not the same. There can be one without the other. God is here when we are wholly unaware of it. He is manifest only when and as we are aware of his presence. In other words, he's always there and yet he desires to come near. And I think Tozer's describing something that like I've seen and I've witnessed even in my own life or in church services and ministry. Like we can have a church service and two people can come in. One can be falling asleep, uninterested, despondent, and worship was kind of loud, and people were singing off key, and it was distracting, and who can worship in that kind of an environment anyway? And the, the sermon was well, kind of like it is now, it's Matt. And you know, you're kind of like, you get into this place, you're like, yeah, I don't know, I'm just hoping I feel encouraged by this, but it's seemingly not going to happen. And then you get somebody else that's coming into the same church service, and they are misty-eyed, ready, anticipating. They came a little bit early because they're so excited, and they so desperately need the presence of God in their life. And they come in and the worship, my goodness, is off the hook. And they're jumping and dancing and singing off key. And they're the, they're the ones that you're like, oh my God, seriously. Shh. Please. Right? And, 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 and they, they, they pray over a friend. And it really doesn't matter who's preaching the word of God. Why? Because the word of God is active and living and sharper than any double-edged sword. And it, and, it, and it gets right in there and divides bone and marrow and joint and spirit and, 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 and shows us the our hearts. And it's like, what, what, what's the difference? Why did one person, you know, in, in interested and the other person absolutely get so much out of what it is God that's wanting to do? Well, one of them received the manifest presence of God and the other one didn't. It doesn't mean that God wasn't or wasn't on one side of the you know, auditorium and not on the other. It's just that when we are aware and recognize his presence, he comes in even more. And I just want to encourage you, church, to be aware of his presence. It's the awareness and the desperation of his presence that draws him nearer. That we have a responsibility to carry the presence of God everywhere we go. So I want to leave you with a couple things, real real quick. Three things. How do we host the presence of God? We're going to talk about this over the next several weeks about the presence of God. and um, How do we host the presence of God? Well, it's not unlike the way we host people. If somebody comes over to your house, we, we do a few different things. Hopefully, we bathe and vacuum. I don't know. Um, but the first thing you do is you receive them, right? They knock on the door. You answer the door and open up. The second thing you do is you, you, know, you honor them. Oh, I'm so glad that you came. Thank you so much. We love, love enjoying you, having you at our home. And then we make room for them. Hey, I, I cleaned off the couch so you can sit, right? I mean, here is a place for you. And would you, can I get you something to drink and those types of things, right? These are things that we do when we entertain people, whether they come for a day or a week or a month. Like, they, they come over and, and we do these things to host them. And I, what I want to say is that we, much in the same way is how we host the presence of God in our life. The first thing we do is we receive him. We recognize his presence and invite him in. It's why in Revelations it says, I knock on the door of your heart waiting for you to open up so that I can come in and dine with you. 
So if you're maybe in this place where you're like, you know, I don't know, I've been coming to church for a while, I've been watching online, I just don't feel like, like God's making much of a difference. I, I, I don't necessarily know if I've ever had that, that manifest presence of God. I know he's everywhere and I know he sees everything and I have some guilt around that, but I just, I, I don't know if I've ever met him and encountered him. I just want to say, receive him. You have to come to the first and foremost place of saying, God, I, I sense you knocking on the door of my heart and I want to invite you in to this home, to this life, to this place. I receive you today. And maybe you even do that today. Maybe even as, as we go through this service, maybe you come to the place where you just like for the first time in your life, just invite him into your life and say, God, I, I can't do this on my own. I desperately need your presence. I need some rest. I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. Because God's invitation is determined by your anticipation. He's, it's, it's, it's like, what are, what, what are you expecting when you came into church or you're watching online today, like what were you expecting? Were you expecting, I don't know, some, you know, some decent, decent worship, some, a good message, and you know, I, was, I was hoping that you know, leave encouraged? Or were you expecting to encounter the presence of God together? Like that's the thing we have, people. I mean, you can, you can watch a, a much better message online. And you can hear probably better quality worship on Spotify. But what we have that's different is the presence of God in our midst. And when we start to lose sight of that, we lose sight of the purposes of God. And we lose our witness. He's calling us to carry both individually and corporately the presence of God in our midst. And maybe that means like at home, you invite people over to your house if you're in a place of like watching at home. That, that, but it is so important that we gather and expect the manifest presence of God. So what are you expecting? How did you prepare to receive it? If I told you this week, next, next Sunday, we are gonna be hosting Tim Tebow here at uh, New Life Church. I used to be able to say Tom Brady, but you know how he went. Um, I mean, okay, and I know some of you guys have already been traitors, and you're like Buccaneer fans all of a sudden. But like, here's here's the thing: um, if if I was like, hey, Tim Tebow's going to be here next week, how would that change the way that you prepared to come to church? Right? If you just knew right, Tim Tebow's going to be here, he's going to be at all three three services. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Would snow keep you away? I don't know. It's kind of Looks a little chilly outside. I don't think I'm going to go to church tonight. No, I think you'd probably come. I think you'd probably show up, and you, if you uh, if your kids threw a fit on the way, and they said, "Ah, we don't want to go to church," you'd say, "What are you crazy? Tim stinking Tebow's coming to church, right? You, you get in your seat and shut your filthy mouth, right? I mean, you'd get you get to this place where it's like, no, I don't know, come hell or high water, we're going to church. Tim stinking Tebow's going to be there." Right? Let me tell you, you wouldn't be rolling out five minutes late and coming, I don't know, we're kind of making over, yeah, maybe we'll make it, I don't know. No, 50 person maximum, you'd be like, we're breaking the doors down, I don't even care, Tim Tebow's here, right? We're going in, we're doing this thing. You'd be figuring out the day before what you're going to be wearing, right? You'd be talking to your wife and you're like, honey, I don't know, should I just, should I just write John 3.16 or should I wear a tuxedo? I don't know, like what should I do? I, I don't know, what would Tim like, you know? Like how would he receive that? Like I, I'm thinking tuxedo and this, I don't know, would it be too much? Like you, you get to this place where like when you start to prepare for the manifest presence of someone, it all of a sudden changes the way that you 
react. I mean, you'd come with, a, with, with an NFL football and a Sharpie just because you're helpful, right? You'd be like, hey, Tim, how's it going? Nice to meet you. Don't worry, I got you a Sharpie, right? You could just you could sign it right now. Got you covered because I'm helpful, right? I mean, you would just come to this place where you're ready. What are we excited about? We'd be excited about the manifest presence of Tim Tebow coming to our, coming to our church. It, now, he's kind of omnipresent in this idea of like he's on every television in America, right? But all of a sudden, his manifest presence is coming to New Life Church next week. And it changes the way that we prepare, the way that we expect. And let me just encourage you and remind you, church, the thing that sets us apart is not that we are encountering and hosting the manifest presence of Tim Tebow or anyone in particular. We are, we are encountering and hosting the presence of God in our midst. And it should change the way that we prepare and we anticipate and we expect. The second thing that we do of hosting is that we, uh, we honor God's presence. We honor God's presence. There's a story in Luke chapter 7 about a woman. Um, it says a, a woman in that town in verse 37 who, who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So there's already a dinner party going on and she's not invited. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at, her, at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair. I mean, this is kind of a hot mess. And kissed them and poured perfume on them. This is outlandish. And so everyone in the whole room thought so too. The Pharisees are looking and they're like, man, what is up with this girl? Does anyone know her? Did she get an invite? Excuse me, ma'am? You know, like, why are you here? And what are you doing to Jesus? You're literally breaking. You're smelling up my whole house. Now it's going to smell like alabaster, whatever that means. This perfume. And it's like, and she is just literally just at his feet and soaking and, and, and just loving on Jesus with her most prized possession. And the thing that's most sobering is how Jesus ends this parable that he goes into in verse 44. He says this. He turns to the woman and says to Simon, the Pharisee, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You invited me here to this dinner party. You didn't give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You, you didn't put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. And it's this like juxtaposition of a holy person, a righteous person, this Pharisee who's done everything right and invited Jesus over and, 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 and he's doing all of the, the right things. And then this sinful woman who has no business even coming there, she didn't get the invite, comes rushing in because she, she knows that Jesus is in the house and she breaks all of her perfume and uses her hair because she doesn't even have a towel. She just figures out a way. Both of them were in the midst of Jesus. And only one of them reached out and, and took hold of him. Can I tell you, church, please don't wait for other Christians around you to take hold of Jesus. Like when you come in, you, you carry the presence of God into everywhere you go. Can I just tell you, please don't wait for the rocks to cry out in your place. Please don't allow the, the trees to wave its branches as you lay with your arms limp 
you carry the presence of God. And as you come in, as you gather, as you go out, as you gather, like you carry the presence of God everywhere you go. This woman hosted Jesus better than the host did. The, the person that invited him. Why? Because she honored him. She was absolutely floored. It's kind of the whole Tim Tebow thing. She was absolutely floored that Jesus was in the place and that she could get close to him. She honored him with his presence. And the third thing is this. The way we host is that we make room for him. So he comes where he's received. He comes nearer where he's honored. But, but he literally fills whatever space we make for him. It's the beauty of what God does. We read about it in Psalm 22. We, we've read this before. You maybe even know it, that he inhabits the praises of his people. Do you believe that? That sometimes you're like, yeah, man, I don't know. I hear people all the time. They're like, I just came into this worship service and I started crying. I don't really know what's going on. I think I'm having a mental breakdown. I, I don't know. I just sense God's presence in this place. I just want you to understand it's true. Why? Because God inhabits the praises of his people. When God's people gather and, and we praise his name, the Bible says that he literally inhabits the praises of his people. That as we make room for him, he fills it. Whatever room you make for him, whatever time you set aside, whatever place you put for him, whenever you set down your phone and turn off the television and say, God, I refuse to leave this place until I meet with you, he feels it. Have you ever caught into that place? Literally, when I was away on my little cabin retreat, I literally was like, Lord, I refuse to leave this place, even though I only paid for two nights. I refuse to leave this place. So it's kind of like putting a little pressure on him. Only paid for two nights, Jesus. Uh, I refuse to leave this place without meeting with you. Have you ever come to that place where you, maybe it's just in your own bedroom, in your closet. Maybe it's this afternoon where you just get so desperate for his presence that you say, God, I refuse to go on. I refuse to leave this place until I meet with you. Can I just tell you that sometimes he's just waiting for someone to get a little bit more desperate. God, I, can't, I don't want to go on. I refuse to just host you and say, oh, yes, come in, and we're going to do this little dinner party, and we're going to do this whole church thing and just do what we're supposed to do. No, I refuse to leave without meeting with you. And as we create space for God, the Bible says that he, he fills us to the measure of all the fullness of God. In other words, he's not metering it out his grace, his love, his mercy. He's not metering it out like, like toilet paper in a pandemic. He is literally saying, I will fill you to the fullness of God. Whatever space you make, I will choose to fill. So the more, the more space you make, the more fullness you have. God's saying, I want you to have my presence without measure. And that's what we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks as we talk about saturating and, and what it means to, the, to have this, this presence of God to host it in our life and what the difference that it makes in the church and in us individually. Why don't you stand with me? I was, I was drawn back. There's this thing in Bible school they teach you called um, the law of first mention where you go back to the, f the first time that something happens in the Bible and kind of use that as like a... Um, uh, a, you know, a state for like, this is where I'm going to draw my conclusion about where it happens later on in life. And um, 
I was, I was drawn to Adam and Eve living in the garden in the presence of God, and then all of us know they disobey God, they eat from the tree that they shouldn't have, and what do they do next? They, they get all like, oh, we're naked. Oh my gosh, we're, you're naked. And then they just start like covering themselves up and knitting together fig leaves and make a fig skirt and fig bra, and they go and they do, they got their own thing, and they, they're trying to hide from God. I always find that a little bit humorous, so they're trying to hide from an omnipresent God, right? Like, oh, he's coming, right? It's interesting how all of a sudden their view of God's presence changes once shame comes into the world. It goes from, God, we're just so excited that you're everywhere, and then you also come near. I mean, I'm so excited that you're everywhere, but then when I hear you sashaying in the garden in the cool of the day, I get so excited. It goes from that to, shh, quiet, he's coming. Did you hear him? Shh, quiet, get hot, get down, get down, get down. Right? All of a sudden, it changed. Did God change? No. What changed is that their shame has caused what used to bring comfort now bring fear. And I love how God is like a good sport about it because it's like, almost like he's playing along. You can read it in the Bible later on. He says this, where are you? Can I just tell you, fig leaves don't hide you from God. Turning off the lights doesn't mean God's like, oh, Shoot. I was watching him, but now I can't see him, right? There's none of that, right? So, so I love it. It's common. If you have kids, it's almost like when, when you play hide-and-seek. Kids are horrible at hide-and-seek. They hide in places where you're just like, man, I can see you. You're literally just covering up your face, right? they just like, <laughs> and they're loud. And they're like, <laughs> and they start laughing. And you, but as a parent, you want to play along. And you're just like, where are you? I wish I could find her. Where could she be? Huh, have you seen so-and-so? Right, you do this thing because you, you play along. And it's almost like God is doing that with, with them in the garden. And I think he kind of does the same thing with us. He walks around saying, where are you? Just waiting for us to say, come find me. Where are you? I can't, I, I can't see you. Can I tell you that he does the same thing in our lives? that he is here, that he is omnipresent, that he was and he always will be, but his manifest presence is dependent upon our receptivity. And now as I was reading it this week, it was almost like God showed me this, that it's almost like he restrained himself to come near to them until they were receptive to it. Where are you? Where are you? Just waiting for them to respond. Knocking on the door. Just waiting for them to reach out. Say, Dad, I'm here. Can I just tell you, I, when my kids were little especially, when I would hear that word, Dad, in the middle of the night, I, I would be up and Adam, is, before I could, my, my feet even touched the floor, I'd be up there. Why? Because as a father, it's like, my goodness, I hear my kids calling out for me. I wonder if God's just waiting for some desperateness. I wonder if God's just waiting for you to say, like, I'm so desperate for your presence. I'm going to flush my phone down the toilet. I don't know. I'm so desperate for your presence. I'm going to set aside time. I'm going to focus in and say, God, I'm not leaving this place without you. Don't send me in. Don't send me from here unless your presence goes with me. God, I thank you that, that you continually want us to, to seek after you. Can I encourage you, church, this week? I know there's a lot going on this week. 
I encourage you, as you go about your life, as you watch the news, to, to host the presence of God. What would it look like if we came to the point of recognizing and reminding ourselves, Lord, I know that you're with me, but I need, I need to know that you're with me right now. Jesus, I, I invite your presence into this conversation. Give me the words to speak right now. Right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you that your manifest presence is always available. God, I pray for that rest over our church right now. That rest that your Bible says that can only be found in your presence. That peace that surpasses understanding. May we be a people of your presence no matter what problems are in front of us. I don't know what it is that 2021 holds for us, but I do know that I don't want to go through it without you. I need your presence, Lord. And so God, I pray for our church. I pray for us individually and corporately that, that we would recognize and invite you in, that we would honor you as an esteemed guest in our midst, and that we would make room for you in every area of our life so that you can fill and inhabit the praises of your people. God, as we go out these doors, as we go out into, into normal life, real life, whatever that means, as we go on to our, to our conversations and to lunch and to our families and to our jobs and to our workplaces, as we go about our days, I pray that we would welcome you and host the very presence of God because we were meant to carry it. And, and it's what distinguishes us from all else. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for that reminder that truly you are the only one that brings that hope, that freedom in our world today. I pray that we live in it and walk in it. We thank you and we recognize it today. We welcome your presence in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Church, I pray you have an amazing week. It's going to be awesome. Carry the presence of God everywhere you go this week. In Jesus' name, have a great week.